Colleen. And I'm Chrissy. And, and we, we are, are the Sea Sisters. On this episode, we will be talking about Chrissy's journey. So, Chrissy, <laughs> where did it all begin? My faith began as a child. I can't even really remember. God was always in my life as far back as I can remember. Um, my father, um, his faith really shaped me. He had went through some trials and in his life. And he grew up in an abusive home, um, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse. Um, and so he wanted to stop that. Right, he wanted to break the cycle. Yes. Um, and his father, father's father, was also abusive. Um, so he wanted to stop that generational abuse. Mm -hmm. And so it stopped with us. Um, oh, that's hard. That's amazing. I know. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm so proud of my dad. Um, his story is amazing too and I won't get too deep into it but um between the eight, like from when I was born to my sister when she was born um he accepted Jesus even though he knew about Jesus he grew up Jehovah Witness mm -hmm. um and then actually from that my grandfather um was in the witch's coven mm -hmm. and kind of turned for the worse like um demonic stuff and um so my dad you know, went down a rough patch and making bad decisions. Right. Um, but between the, when I was born um, and my sister was born, there's a five-year difference. He accepted the Lord. Um, and he, his testimony is amazing too. Um, you know, he was sitting on a hill bawling his eyes out and he just said, God, if you're real, um, will you please comfort me and show me? And he started, you know, saying, um, a verse out of the Bible that he remembered and he felt like God's presence. He felt like an arm wrap around him and he could feel it. Um, so then he, you know, we began to go to church, mm -hmm. um, began to Lord read the Lord's prayer to me every, every night before I went to bed. Um, and then had that, you know, house, little wooden house on the wall that said, in this house, we will serve the Lord. Um, so I grew up in that. And then, um, when I was in, I feel like when I was in fourth grade, um, we started going to um, a, a new church. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to go because I, I was like, my dad was like, we're going to start going to church this Sunday. And I'm like, no, I don't want to go. And so we went. And all I can remember this woman, she her name was Elsie. Um, she was the pastor's wife. I didn't know at the time. She came up and gave me this huge bear hug. Um, and I was like, wow, like, you know, I don't know. Seeing it was just someone with so much faith with yes, burning I, up that they like, they yes, you, and a, feel it off them. Yes, and the brightest smile. And at the time, I didn't know she was the pastor's wife. I didn't know who she was, but I just remember like, oh, I f like feel loved here. Yeah. Um, but I was still like, I'm, I don't like it here, you know. <laughs> Even though deep inside, I could feel that I was like, I don't, I don't want to go. Um, but then I started like going, and I actually started getting involved in the youth group um, because, well, at that time I was not in youth group yet, but I started. They had a they still had youth group. I don't even know what it was, but something for junior high kids and things. But I started getting really involved mm -hmm. uh, in there. And I look back on it, and I'm so thankful. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional, but I'm so thankful that my dad... Your journey is emotional. Yes. So. And I'm so thankful that my dad and my parents, like, they didn't force us to go, but they, like, through my dad... They gave you a good foundation. Yes. I saw how my dad's life had changed and how he changed for us. And so that one me, to, like, 
I saw how God had moved in his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's lots of other stories that, like, that he had, like, um, interactions, like, and felt the Holy Spirit move in his life. And I could see that in him. Um, And so God gave you that opportunity to see that, too. Yes. And so, and then with the, um, you know, all the people that I was surrounded with, my youth group leaders, they really affected my my journey and my faith. Um, and then my secret sister, Miriam, her name is Miriam Ramsey. And I don't know if she'll listen to this, but, um, you know, I, I still haven't it's had very, the... very important to have those people yeah. in your life, especially with what you've been through. Yes. And she was always, she was my secret sister. And so she would take me on drives and we would talk about, you know, God and she would always send me cards and I have all of them. Um, you never realized exactly how much they meant to no. you until you look back and realize, wow, I really needed that that moment mm-hmm. and how God moved through her to you. Yes. And she said she's always in this one. She's like, I'll be praying for you this week. Look to Jesus, your best friend, which is true. Um, remember, I'm praying for you and let your light shine. And so oh, that's funny because I remember saying that to you, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And so now I, I do let, try to let my light shine. And and so. And then, um, yeah, th- all throughout college, you know, I, as we, like, I feel like a lot of us do, um, I started distance. I felt distance from God mm-hmm. basically because I went, um, what was it? You had to- that prodigal son kind of phase? Yes. <laughs> and I would, I didn't go too crazy. I didn't go too crazy, but, um, I still like God was always there in the back of my mind and I prayed to him and I th- thought of him mm-hmm. And I still talked to him, but I was like making not so good of decisions. And, you know, you know, some things like we just stray away sometimes. Um, But I knew always like, of course, my dad was always praying for me. My family was Mm -hmm. um, this Miriam was um, and I know a bunch of others were also. And so I feel like that makes a bit big difference in in my life. Um, Well, just in with what we've been through, prayer definitely helped through a lot of it. mm -hmm. I mean, it's very important, not just to pray for yourself, but you realize firsthand the ability of prayer through other people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, There was something I wrote, actually, in my journal that um, I saved from March 13th, 2000. So I would have been, I think I would have been eight. 24 years ago? Yeah, I would have been, I would have been 18 years old. Wow. Oh, no, I would have just been turned 19. Yeah. Um, so this is when I was at college. Um, and actually, I, I got to backtrack a minute because I forgot to mention my husband. So we met when you I met was in high school, right? Yes, we met in high school when I was 15. Um, he had just turned 18. Um, and looking back, I was very dramatic. Um, I saved all my journals and notes. And of course, when you're a teenager, you're head over heels in love. Um, And so my focus began to be on, I love my husband dearly, Mm -hmm. but my focus began to be on him and him making me happy and not fulfilling that with God, like God filling those holes. Um, So it's like I always said, you got to find yourself first before you're going to be good enough for anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, but and then so we I don't 
I hate to say, but like we almost had kind of a toxic relationship. You know, we'd mm-hmm. we'd argue and then we'd break up and the then t- we'd be back to teenagers. Yes, I guess know? it's little things you think are like the biggest thing at the time. Mm-hmm. And so you have the biggest fights over the littlest things that yes. when you get married later on, you're just like, why did we fight about that? Yes. It's so silly. Yes. And I, I won't get into too, ma- too much details, but it kind of was like, yeah, it was kind of toxic at times. Um and my journal was like overly dramatic about it. I was like always praying that um, God would bring us back together and God would do this and God would do that. And really now looking back, I should have been like praying for God's will. Like I said in the last episode, God's purpose, not my will and not, you know, um, it should have been God's will and God's purpose. But on if the marriage was to be God's will too. Mm-hmm. But then we, we did get married and um, we got married young Um which I, f- we dated five years and then we, we got married. Um, so you just finished up college. Yeah. I, w- I have actually have a degree in graphic design, um, for a two year degree. And so that's what I did first before nursing. Okay. Um, and so I wrote this probably when we were, I'm not sure if we're broke up here or not because <laughs> we were so many times that I could, more than I can count. <laughs> That's that's a relationship, though. So yeah, I there wrote, are ups and downs. Yeah, and I like this is um I I found this and I was like this is so perfect because this describes like how like what my brain was doing and what was I thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I say so many things have been on my mind. Sometimes I feel if I'm I'm just standing completely still and watching everything go by. I ask myself every day, what am I doing with my life? This wonderful gift God gave me, life. I'm here for a reason, and I don't know why. I ask myself, who are my true friends? Where is my true home? What is my identity? Am I really as stupid as I feel? Because I struggled with that growing up. I always felt not smart enough, not good enough. And I I don't know where that comes from. Um, I think every little girl feels that way, though. Maybe. Honestly, you go through that phase, especially being in in the teenager phase, that you just, you question everything. Like, you're not going to be good enough for anybody. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. Because you go through all those loves of each other and like different mm-hmm. relationships. Comparing yourself friends. to others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had smart friends and I always like, and now I, I know I'm smart too, but like right. I struggled with that. Um, I, I really did too. Didn't. I had, I had very smart friends. I mean, they were going to Ivy League schools and stuff like that. And I was like, I can't do that. And so, and actually this is another time where um my dad really gave me some good advice um I was in first grade Mm -hmm. and I got an F in math because I was over analyzing the greater than and less than um and I was like it just doesn't make sense to me why is the greater than the greater than symbol and I couldn't figure it out like why is why is it and I would just sit there and think and and then I got an F and he was and I was so upset about it and I thought my dad was going to be or my parents were going to be so mad at me and he was like, you know what? It's okay. God is going to get you through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is such like, and I remembered that obviously my whole life. And I mean, that is. It's yeah, amazing I, that the farther the advice that we take on as we get older too. And we realize mm-hmm. sometimes we thought there was kind of mm-hmm. stupid or silly at the time. And we look back now and we're like, wow, that was pretty good advice. I was pretty dumb not listening to that back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, 
Yeah, and so I, I asked myself, will I be happy in 20 years with the decisions I am making now? Someday, 20 years later, I'll be reading this and we'll know the answer. And so, so do you know the answer? I do. Really? <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> so, well, and then I have to go on and I'll, I'll tell you the answer in a little bit. But okay. um, we got married young. I was not, I was 20 and my husband was 22, I think. Um and then, so like you guys I guys were still young. Yes, we were very young. Um, looking back, I know everybody probably, it was kind of like an unsaid thing. I knew what they were thinking, but they didn't really say it. Um, they were probably thinking, well, we rushed into it. Like, mm-hmm. we, even though we had known each other five years, we got back together, and then we decided to get married within months. Um, so you thought you did it a little too quick? Looking back, like, I don't, obviously, I don't regret doing anything i feel like jesus has a purpose for our lives and everything happened the way it was supposed to Mm -hmm. um but i do feel like we weren't ready um i feel like we should have been closer to god like we should have got our life straight with god before we got married kind of like the hierarchy god comes first then your marriage then your kids then your work and then friends and so on and so forth yep yes um, I didn't know that until learning along the way and the journey too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I mean, that's what life is. You learn. So you were um, living up in Ohio still, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When all this was going on. Mm-hmm. So when did you transition from being in Ohio to thinking about moving down here and having family down here? So that was um, after... I don't want to talk about it like that. Um, after the, you guys had a little bit of trouble in the marriage? Yeah. So I was going to say, like, after our first year of marriage, mm-hmm. um, I, was try, I was feeling resentful mm-hmm. towards my husband. And I was, you know how marriage, like, I feel like. Things were not. First year of marriage is always tough. Yes. And so. In that first year, um, it was just a new change for me because I had went to college in Pittsburgh. So there was a two year or not two year, but um, two hour drive. Um, So I moved back to Ohio from Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. um, and then I couldn't find a job in graphic design. So it was all it was very stressful um, and I almost resented my husband. you know, like I just I had a job there. I had my life there. I moved back. Now I can't find a job. Now we're married. You know, we don't have any money. We're kids, basically, still. You um, never realize all of that stuff that goes on with it. Yes. In, in, in marriage. Yes. And it was a lot. And I feel like I I thought I knew about marriage, but I really didn't. Um, I feel the like, movies definitely discredit marriage yes. a lot. <laughs> yes. And I feel it's like my... not always like that. No. And my expectations for my husband were not what a marriage is supposed to look like. Um, I was looking for my husband to fulfill my all my needs, all my needs. Um, but that's not, and now, you know, now I know that's not how it is. God is supposed to fulfill our needs. Mm-hmm. My husband is just, you know, we help each other. We're in it together. And it's not 50-50, it's 120, like... Sometimes it is. Someone's 100, yes. someone's zero. Sometimes it's yes. 90, some, some is 10. Sometimes mm-hmm. it is 50-50. Yeah, and so... 
depending on the situation. Yes. And so after and after your marriage um, with, you know, and I speak of this and my husband knows that I being respectful that I um, st- we still um, speak truth about it. But um, he was unfaithful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I wanted our marriage to work. I wanted to forgive him. Mm-hmm. Um but looking back, did I truly forgive him? I don't feel like I did. Um, At the time? No. I I mean, I wanted to, mm-hmm. and I wanted her marriage to work. Of course, um, every girl wants their marriage to work. They don't want anything to happen like that. But when you no. come in a situation like that, you really No, start. and I didn't talk about it because I didn't want anyone to think my marriage was failing. failing. Um, well, especially, you also didn't want to feel like a failure yourself either. No. Um, so... That led to years and years of, I mean, of course, we still loved each other. Of course, I still loved him. Um, And we had three kids, which I would never, like, take that back. But then I became bitter. I became resentful um, because I thought I deserved Mm -hmm. something. I thought I deserved him loving me more. I thought I deserved, like more apologies and um, I was just waiting and I was holding back my love for him mm-hmm. um, and so I felt like I pushed him away I just pushed him away um, not that there's excuses for you know unfaithfulness or whatever but I feel like marriage is like a, a two-way street yes um, and I feel like I would I played a role in that mm-hmm. um, and so I pushed him away and then we separated for six months um, and during that time at first I was you know, of course, blaming him, and mm-hmm. I was not in a good place. Um, well, I, I can imagine, I mean, just going through all of that, you get a bunch more questions. Yeah, and I was, I mean, I was not making good decisions either, N- neither one of us. Um, we were both in kind of dark places, but um, I have this friend, um, her name's Cassie and she's so important to me um yeah she reached out to me because I post you know I posted my (laughs) blast of my life on Facebook which you should not do on social media but I did actually I'm partially thankful because I feel like we had like not talked for a while and then she reached out to me she's the type of person she has a gift um to just know what to say and when to say it and I don't know when I really needed her she would like reach out at these moments like and I'd put be like, you at ease yeah I'd be like how does she know like I was needing that at that time but she's just that type of person it's God working through her mm-hmm exactly and you and, didn't know at the time no and she went through some stuff too um and her marriage ended in divorce and that's what she reached out and she was reached out to me and she said I'm not gonna feel sorry for you I'm just gonna tell you um, exactly what you need to do and that's you need to love and respect your husband um and so I you that must have been hard for you it was at first you know because the world tells you opposite they right. tell you you know you deserve better you don't deserve that um you know that's that spiritual warfare trying to break up a marriage like yes. they say to you know that seek destroy yes. marriage was one of the big things children too Yes. And separate that loving relationship that God wants you to have with each other and with him. Mm-hmm. And if I feel like if she wouldn't have reached out, um, I probably would have been divorced because so many other people were like, 
Um, well, it was just big. It was a generational thing. Our generation, it's very big to just, as at the first sight of something going wrong, just be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Okay, divorce, move on. It's going to be somebody else. Yeah. I mean, our parents, I mean, they were the generation that were just like, we're going to stick this out. Mm-hmm. We're going to figure it out. They yeah. had the long marriages. And they don't tell you until you get older, you know, just what they went through and mm-hmm. to be more honest about it. So I love the fact that you're being so honest about this because I feel like people yeah. aren't enough. No. and It's I f- the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was an ugly time in my life. And I mean... So where did you get your faith back in that time? So I started going... Well, I thought, well... I tr- the thing was, I was trying to change my husband myself. I was trying to, with my will, um, I was trying to change him, control him. I had felt like I had such a control, mm-hmm. and I had to let go. I had to give it over to God. Um, I don't know. And then I was, I started going to a Bible study with my friend, um, and then I joined a divorce care group, which I did not feel comfortable there because I didn't want to divorce. I wanted. I told my husband um, I was going to show up at the courtroom in my wedding dress if I had to, <laughs> if he took me there. So I was bound and determined to make my marriage work, but I I found out that I had to do it on God's terms, not mine. Um, so I backed off, and I would leave, leave notes on his apartment door. Um, I'd give him cards just to let him know like I was still there yeah. after I went crazy, but... <laughs> think it's going crazy i just think you know over yeah i feel like it's not had a bad moment looking back at it i'm like oh yeah i wish i would have learned quicker and put my trust in god sooner but it's i did in the end i did you're getting all those emotions yeah and you're going through all those emotions it's hard to listen and and let's be honest not a whole lot of people talk about it no so you never know about these things that come up no, no. Especially with your faith, with marriages in general, being a Christian. Yeah. It's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. <laughs> no, it's really not. Um, so I put my, I, like I said, I gave up control. Um, I put my heart into like reading my Bible, um, praying about it. Um, and I wasn't, my friend had told me, you know, God has your story all planned out, Chrissy. He knows, like, and I know there's, I don't have it here, but there's a Bible verse that says, you know, he has, he knows the days that your days are numbered or what, I can't even remember it, but. He knows every star by name. Yes, he knows everything. And so she was like, he knows your story already. It's already written. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, that's kind of true. Whether my husband divorces me not, um, my story is already written. And right. so that gave me kind of like a piece. Um, and I'm like, okay. And then. So what did you guys do from there? Um, so I just continued to pray, reach out to him. Um, we, he wanted to be friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, if we, you know, I'll just be your friend. <laughs> and actually, funny thing enough, we were still doing um, some photography together. Like we photogra- um, we photographed weddings some weddings together and that's the thing we could work as partners together as a team together doing that mm-hmm. um so we were just kind of being friends um and then 
my with my friend we had prayed to put um and i i believe in praying for like very specifically for things now because of of that um we prayed that um god would place a hedge of protection around him and that somebody would be placed in his life to speak to him Mm -hmm. and that the holy spirit would speak to my husband um and so one day it was I don't know. I got home. We got home from celebrating my son's um, birthday and he had went, I think he went fishing with his mom. Um, And I was kind of upset because I was like, well, you're not even to come and celebrate this with us or whatever. But then he, he, he was, when we got home, he was there sitting on the porch. um, And he basically said, I, I feel like I do want to work it out. I felt the Holy spirit when we were out in the water um, that I, f- I felt the Holy Spirit tell me that we could make our marriage work and that I really felt that. Um, and then later I had found out that, um, that there had been a guy or a man he had worked with mm-hmm. that was talking to him. He was a Christian man telling him, you know, you really should consider like saving your marriage. Like it's possible. Um, so your prayers got answered. Yes. Like very specifically, like exactly like how, like how I prayed about it. Well, that's why you gotta be so specific in your prayers, because if you leave any point of question, there's different twists and turns that can happen. So you were very specific with that prayer and it got answered. That's Mm -hmm. amazing. Yes. And then, and the, the funny thing is too, is that the Bible study I was going to, um, was about, um, Peter, mm-hmm. um, first and second Peter, and it was about um, suffering. And so that really hit home. I have the thing here, but, and so that really spoke to me, like, um, just because you're suffering, you know, doesn't, you know, it. So what did you guys do from there, though? So from there, we, <laughs> we actually, like, we wanted a new start to just get away from everything that was going on, because, um, there's other things that, um, I'll just, I don't want to get really into it, but they'll get good transition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after that, uh, moment, um, what did you do next? So we decided to move to Topsail, North Carolina <laughs> and everyone's probably like, what? Did you use the vacation down here? That's why you decided yes. down here? Yes. And so... That happens to a lot of people. I know it does. And so my father-in-law was a Marine. Mm-hmm. Um, he actually lived down here. And so after... Um, they, His family, my husband's family, used to vacation down here when he was from a baby. Um, he They used to vacation. And then we started vacationing when um, my kids were babies. And so we vacationed here maybe like 15 years Mm-hmm. Um, and we had our, every year we would come down, some years we would come down twice and we'd always say, we're going to move down there one day. We're going to move down there one day. We're going to move down there one day. And actually two years prior to all this happening, um, we had came down and looked at houses mm-hmm. and I just felt in my gut that it wasn't the right time to move. I don't know. I just had this sick feeling like about it. And, and I think my husband was kind of upset about it because you know, like we had came down, looked at houses and we were thinking about it. Um, but I was like, I just don't really think it's the time. And then, but I th- think that was meant to happen, how it happened. Right. And we moved here um, when we did for a purpose. And my husband 
initiated that. And so... Is that when you became a nurse? No, no, I I became a nurse in 2010. Okay. When my son was... I was actually pregnant with my son. Oh, okay. So I went through nursing school um, with three kids under three. Wow. And I went through pregnant. (laughs) You're amazing. So no, we moved down here. Um, We were just like, we wanted a new beginning. We wanted to get away from everything and start anew. Um, So we moved down here. Pretty quickly too, right? Yes. Within probably a month. Wow. Yes. Probably a month. That feels like a PCS to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we moved down here um, and then we... We wanted to get involved in church again, obviously, because we wouldn't, we were wonder, we reconciled our marriage. We wanted to get, um, grow in our faith and get back in church. And so we actually came to the gathering, um, for the first time within probably like months after we moved down here, we moved in August. Mm -hmm. Um, we were just trying churches. So we tried several different churches uh, and then COVID happened. And actually, the first time we came to the gathering, my husband was like, I don't know if I really like that church. And I was like, well, I really liked it. It reminds me of my um, childhood church. And he was like, well, I don't know. And then COVID happened. And then, yes, this is where my, then I was diagnosed yeah. um, with brain cancer. So... That must have been... Nobody's ready for that. No. Even though I'm a nurse. Right. Um, I worked in the emergency department for years. But it's a whole different experience through COVID. Yeah. Going through that. Yeah. And this was this was after COVID. Um, I was diagnosed and... Well, I, COVID was kind of still going on for... I mean, it went on for a while. Um, but I, I was like... it ever truly has stopped, to be honest. No. <laughs> Um, but I was diagnosed August 7th, uh, 2022. I went to the emergency department actually by myself. Um, you drove yourself there? Yes, I went. I wasn't, f- that weekend was like a sum, like an awesome summer weekend. Um, we had went on our boat on Friday. Um, we had went to something down, um, at the sound park. Mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but. We went down there and then... One of the concerts they have or the festivals? Yeah, it was some sort of festival. So this was a weekend pack full of fun. Mm -hmm. And then Saturday, we took our family out and we all crammed on our boat and went um, to... I forget what the island's called, but where the horses are. Oh, the wild horses that run the beach? Yes. (laughs) Oh, that must have been so pretty. It, It was pretty and it was awesome. But I was... At the time, I was noticing, like, for several couple weeks, I was noticing, like, some things going on. Mm-hmm. I was dizzy. I couldn't pick up shells like I wanted to in the ocean. I was, like, very dizzy. Um, At the time, <clears throat> I was working out a lot. Mm-hmm. I was working out, like, four to five times a week for two hours at a time. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. So, I was... I thought maybe my electrolytes were low. Maybe I had a... Maybe pat- a little dehydrated or yes, something? Yes. Dehydration. I was like, well... Because... And then... I was running into things in the store. I like knocked over some beer. I knocked over some cookies <laughs> and cakes, and and then I ran. I was I ran into someone else's shopping cart, and I heard whooshing noises. 
my See, that would be a normal day for me <laughs> well i'm so clumsy that's what i thought because i am a clumsy person i'm very clumsy and i'm like well that's just me like i'm just not paying attention but then my leg went numb in the store my right leg oh wow. and i was hearing wishing noises. i was like i asked my daughter i was like do you hear those wishing noises and she was like no and i'm like well i thought it was the fans mm-hmm. um but it wasn't <laughs> and so um on sunday i wasn't after the whole weekend or whatever, it was still the weekend, I woke up and I really wasn't, my husband actually went fishing with his mom. Again, he was fishing with his mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, I um, didn't feel well. So I was like laying around and then I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smart decision, right? Well, because when you don't feel good, sometimes working out makes you feel better. Yes. So that and, totally makes sense. And that's how I am. I'm just like, Okay, stop complaining, get up, do something. Oh, that's me too. Yeah, so that's what I did. It's and my then... dad in the back of my mind. <laughs> He's like, it's okay for you to sit for a moment, but you can't stay there for too long because it'll be too hard to get out. So yeah. Get up and get moving, honey. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm very stubborn. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go see how I feel or whatever. And then, no, I was like feeling really dizzy. And I do a lot of uh, calisthenics and body weight exercises on bars and stuff and so my grip strength was I was it was loose and uh, like I couldn't do handstands as well or head headstands I think I fell over when I don't ever fall over um so I was like something's wrong and I went to the emergency room I drove myself there and as an emergency room and everything yes yeah I know I shouldn't do that and I know I've told people don't do that you know (laughs) As an emergency room nurse, I I almost felt guilty for going. Uh-huh. I felt like maybe they're going to judge me because I probably judged people before. Well, I don't, shouldn't say probably. I have. Um, and I shouldn't have, but I have. Um, just the honest truth. But um, I was like, is my leg really feel numb? And then as I was talking, trying to give the... the um, secretary or whatever the secretary clerk my information the registration clerk my information I couldn't even like get it out and I'm like am I just nervous or if this like I kept stuttering and couldn't get my words out like like what is wrong with me I'm like I'm just making this up is it making you get more and more nervous knowing that that was happening or are you just like this is just really weird no, out of body kind of experience. it was my brain actually like it was part of the the brain tumor um that was doing it um, and so then I was placed in this like holding area because they must have been busy and the rooms must have been full. But I was placed in this holding area with several other patients around me. Mm-hmm. And then so they did the EKG and the, all the tests, the CAT scan on my head. And I knew I wasn't having a stroke. I knew brain I could have a brain tumor, but that was last on my list. I thought right. MS, maybe. It's never first on your list. You're always thinking it's like, oh, it's something like very mm-hmm. minor. Yeah. And then the doctor came back and sat down and i know that's not a good sign when the doctor sits a good sign when the doctor sits down and i was like okay like and then he was like yeah there's a mass on your brain um and he actually he didn't say it like that he was very nice but um he he just said there's a brass uh, mass on your brain we're gonna have to consult neurosurgery and we'll have to find a you know we'll have to transfer you because this was a um um, a standalone ER that I went to and so I was like okay and then he you know I'm sitting and there you're by yourself still. I'm by myself hearing all of this yes and everyone around me like heard it too heard it too oh, and so man. I'm like this and at that moment I was like 
I could I didn't even think about myself. And I was like, well, this is how patients feel when they're all alone and they have nobody like right. in the hospital. And so because I know that's happened before and I've seen it. And I'm that's funny that you were alone when you got told because so wasn't I. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, I'm like, how am I going to have to I'm going to have to like call and tell my husband this. Um, and how do you feel? And like. How did you feel like that with that? Because it's like you have to go through all your mind of like, how am I going to tell my husband? And then the next thing is you're like, how am I going to tell my kids? Mm-hmm. So that was the that was the hardest for me, um, especially after everything you just been through. Mm-hmm. But before I called them, I actually like looked outside because I could see a window, mm-hmm. and it was summer, obviously, and the beautiful sky- colors. Yes, and the sky was blue, and I'm just like, I'm accepting this. I'm going to pray about it. And this is whatever happens is God's will. Right. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm going to have faith. I Because growing up, like, I made a decision, like, no matter what, my faith wasn't going anywhere. Whether something happened to me, something happened to my kids, something happened to anybody, mm-hmm. um, I was not letting go of my faith. Um and I made that decision. But now you have, you had your first hard obstacle when you were going through with your husband, but now, now it's like, yeah, now exactly. an even bigger obstacle. Now you, now you just got told that you might have cancer and. Mm-hmm. And they told me it was possibly an infection, maybe a benign mass or possibly cancer. But I hoped it was an infection, but I kind of knew, I felt like it was cancer. Like I knew already and everybody, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I kind of already knew. And so it's kind of like when they tell you, you kind of already knew back in your head, mm-hmm. but you just didn't want to completely be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you just found out and so now you call in your family. Yeah. So after, and funny thing is I didn't, and I don't want to say funny thing, but, um, interestingly enough, I did not pray for it to not be cancer like yeah isn't that weird you don't pray for that you just no I just pray for guidance yeah I just prayed for peace peace guidance yeah the words to say to other people Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what I got like I had no anxiety about it I didn't even shed a tear at that time about it like getting that kind of diagnosis I was I just I felt like I trusted God and he knew best. Um, and so then I had, I called my husband, he didn't answer. And then I called my daughter and I said, well, will you put dad on? And so then I talked to him um, and told him and I feel like. Did you just like blurt it out or? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even remember what I said. It's kind of looking back. It's kind of. A blur. Yeah, it's kind of a blur. And I don't really know what I said. I think I said they. They found a mass on my brain and they don't know what it is. And I didn't tell him that I felt like it was a cancer. I never told anyone that until later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was feeling like that. And then I called my sister and, you know, she was all happy. I think she was out shopping or going somewhere with her husband. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, interrupt you. Like, I have to tell you something. And But I feel like it affected my family more than, than me. Like, I... It's amazing how that does that, though, right? Yeah, I feel like... But it's maybe it's because we're in in it and we're looking out. 
Yeah. Almost like when you're watching a TV and you're seeing how one person affects all the other people, you're seeing it firsthand, so it affects them even more. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I I have no idea, but I remember thinking, like, why are they so upset? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just want to see you, like, happy. Like, right. I don't feel sad right now. Um, I think that's what it was, but I'm not sure. And then um, when I got transferred... I, they did an MRI mm-hmm. and it said, well, you know, I got into my chart and even before any of the doctors talked to me, they actually consulted me with, they, they were like, we're going to consult you with oncology, mm-hmm. like just in case I was like, I, I know you were consult, like that consult is because that's where the whole ER nurse kicks in and you're yeah. like, I, I know why you're saying this. Yeah. I've and, been on the other side of this. And then I saw my MRI MRI report um, prior to my even doctors actually telling me it said because oh, you saw it on my chart yes mm-hmm. and then it said um, possible metastasis or metastatic cancer or um, glioblastoma but I knew it wasn't metastatic because they had done a CAT scan of my whole bot like my mm-hmm. abdomen and my pelvis my chest and they didn't see anything um, all the major areas they're trying to rule out yeah, so I knew it was the other, the glioblastoma. And I'm a nurse, but I'm not an oncology nurse. And I know about, like, the only thing I knew about brain tumors was that um, somebody I had worked with in the past, their granddaughter had a brain tumor. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard kids ha- having brain tumors. But, um, and then I didn't realize my, one of my best friends from high school, her father had the same kind of brain cancer um but I didn't really know that he had had that right specifically um until later so then I looked it up you think of it all as general like brain tumor as brain tumors brain cancer Mm -hmm. like all the above there's so many different facets of different cancers within that cancer with just brain cancer yeah there's many different different things more severe than others and I, yeah, I didn't realize what it was and I didn't even know anything about it. Um, it's graded actually instead of staging. Mm-hmm. So with other cancers, it's their stage, but one, two, three, and four. Yes. But brain cancer, it's grade, grade one, two, three, four. Of course, four is the worst and glioblastoma is grade four. Right. Um, and I Googled it. Which and, is never a good idea <laughs> no, to Google anything. I don't suggest anyone Googling it. And even though I'm a nurse, you know, I still use Dr. Google. Yeah. Even you can't you help. Should. That's what the new technology yes. these days. You can't help that. You just can't help it. And so I Googled it and immediately I saw like the life expectancy is like 12 to 18 months. Um, and there's actually a 3% chance of survival for actually surviving five years. Right. Um, and so I was like, I that was a blur too. I don't remember. I just looked, at, I did this next to my husband. I was just like, like well... I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Like, you know. But you know, it's funny. It's like when you think about that moment now, you're like, but God. Yeah. Yeah. But God. But God. Apostrophe, but God. Right. Yeah. And so like. I, There's a comma after that. <laughs> yes. And I feel like since I had prayed for peace and everything mm-hmm. prior, like he was still giving me that peace. Which um, is amazing during mm-hmm. all of this finding out. Yeah, I literally like I had peace and I had joy, and I'm like, where is this coming from? I didn't, I couldn't even answer myself. Like, I don't, I don't know. 
Um, and then the, you know, the neurosurgeon came in and he said, that's what it probably is, but we don't know for sure. And then they have to biopsy it. Um, and so they did the biopsy and that's what it was. Um, so after I found out my diagnosis, um, and I was awaiting brain surgery, um, and I always told, um, everybody, <laughs> even my students, cause I was teaching student nurses, um, that the the surgery I would never want to have or that was the most scary was open heart surgery and brain surgery. Right. And here I am getting ready to have brain surgery. Um, and so on the day of my surgery, and it's amazing how I found my neurosurgeon. That's a, a totally separate um, topic, but I feel like he was brought to me by God also. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The surgeons, mm-hmm. I completely agree. I was clueless about where it's to like find where a to surgeon start. yeah where, where do, do you start? start where do you look but i didn't have talk to, to i didn't have to look at all because like, nobody talks about this <laughs> nobody talks about this no and we could talk about that on a later episode but he yeah. was he was brought to me <laughs> right god, god brought, brought him. him to you <laughs> yes um and so actually on the day of my surgery um my dad he's always the you know godly man he's always praying at the family dinners and stuff he's we um decided to do a family prayer where we were holding hands and we did facetime with my friends and family awesome and so i feel like you know the presence of the lord is there like you could feel it um and so they prayed for me and i went into my surgery and it was successful um the thing about glioblastoma is my surgeon was able to get 100% of the tumor, but there's microscopic cells right. um, still there. And so actually with glioblastoma, it's not curable. Right. It'll um, always be there. You just got to keep an eye on it kind of thing. Yes. It's always there. It's terminal. They say it's terminal, um, but aren't we all? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but um, after my surgery, I did um, the start. It's called start of care or standard of care mm-hmm. um, that everybody basically does and so that was um six weeks of radiation six weeks of chemo um an oral pill actually because um iv chemo for the um glioblastoma is difficult because it's hard to get through the blood brain barrier right um so they just they do this oral chemo and then i did you're lucky you got to pill i know I mean, I can't say as lucky. I mean, chemo is not lucky for anybody. No. And but I mean, that's another I'd rather thing. have taken a pill than gone through mm-hmm. eight rounds I did. I know I was I that's how much I didn't know because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to get a port and everything. I was all ready to do it. And I, I was thought like the ports were on your body. I never realized you can have it on your arm and stuff like that. I was all ready to get a port. Mm-hmm. And I was like, OK. And then I found out, oh, no, it's just a pill. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, it shows what I know. Right. But that that that's that's why we're doing this. That's mm-hmm. why we're talking about this, because nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different ways. And, and, the, and the thing, too, is I think with a chemo pill, you can do a chemo pill again. But if you do the IV chemo, depending on what kind of medication you have, you can only do it once. Yeah. And see, I would I would never know that either. No. Um, but thankfully, like. And then after that, um, I did 10 cycles. But you didn't have um, any side effects from the surgery that they talked to you about. Um, Obviously, there can be major effect, like side effects. You can have right. brain bleeds. You can have a stroke. Um, you can die. Right. Um, you could have major deficits. Um, 
But when I woke up, actually before I went to my surgery, I felt like God told me I was healed. I know that's crazy. No, that's not. You're really strong <laughs> Sounds your crazy. Faith. But I feel like he was saying maybe, obviously I wasn't going to be physically healed at that time, but I felt like I was spiritually, spiritually healed. healed. And after my surgery, I did have some deficits at first, but I felt like I was reborn. I felt like it was my new birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then my life... Well, I think when I woke up out of surgery, um, I knew as long as I had my, you know, my brain, I could think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I was worried about. And I think that's what my kids' worries were, too, mm-hmm. that I would just be the same person. Um, and I said, ask me when I wake up, what are ABCs? And as a nurse, you know what ABCs are. That's airway, breathing, circulation. And so as oh, soon but as they don't know because they're not nurses. So well, they, they were trying to have you do like ABCDEFG. <laughs> I told him what it was. I said, ask oh, okay. me. And if I know it's airway, breathing, circulation, my brain's all there. <laughs> like, And so as soon as I woke up, I was like saying, airway, ask me, airway, breathing, circulation. And I was asking like what my vital signs were and stuff like that and I told my son I was gonna arm wrestle him even though when I um so my brain tumor was on the left side and so it affects your right side right um and so when I first woke up I could only wiggle my toes and I could move my hand I couldn't lift anything um and so I wasn't even scared about it though I just remember thinking like this isn't gonna last long. I'll just I'll be able to move it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't need, like in my head. You're like I'm just gonna take one thing at a time here. Yeah, I can talk. And maybe it was the anesthesia, but I think it was Jesus. But I felt like after I woke up, I felt like I don't know. I just felt like safe and warm. I wasn't scared at all. Um, and I felt like when my family was hugging, and I felt like they're butter like just butterfly kisses. I know that's a song, but I felt all safe. And I told my dad that the last person I saw when I went to sleep before was Jesus. And the first person I woke up was Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so I woke up like I couldn't move and the therapy had to actually physically like get me out of bed. I couldn't stand. Um, and then by the, I don't remember when I know the next day I was up walking to the bathroom with yeah, help. They try to get you up quickly yeah. and move in. So, mm-hmm. and so I could have. That, that was your first surgery, right? You yes. had two now. Yes, and now I've had two, um, but that pretty much came back quickly. Um, I used a walker for a week, and then I was back driving in two weeks, and went back to work mm-hmm. in two weeks. So that's how fast like it came back. And obviously, in some um, patients, it doesn't. Right. But I feel like God protected me and helped me get through that. And obviously, my strength comes from Him. And my faith is so much stronger because of this. And that's, right. I feel like. That's why it's so important to talk about it because it is yes. a major part of our journey. Yeah. And I feel like. Because our journey isn't, if you don't talk about your faith, you're not really talking about your journey. Yeah. Because our journey exactly. isn't defined just by cancer. No. And I feel like my issues with my marriage and that trial I had to go through and those sufferings that I had to suffer or whatever I feel like that built me up for the cancer diagnosis I felt like if I had those were your trials and tribulations you had to go through to strengthen your faith yes. to go through the cancer yes to prepare me for that and I feel like that's how I was able to deal with it so well like mm-hmm. 
because God had prepared me But for that's that. where we don't know at the time, but we realize later on how God works in us mm-hmm. and building our faith and building our relationship. And that's why it's so important to stay close to him because he never said we weren't going to go through anything once we got saved. Yeah. He just said it would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's everyone says, well, they don't understand like why I can have joy and why I can smile. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm like, but the how can time, I not? But the how second time you got through your um your surgery, your second surgery, right after that, it wasn't that far after that is when you went to the women's conference where you heard me. I think so. I might even have, still have staples on my head. I think <laughs> I have you did. no idea. I think you did because I think your mother in law is like, yeah, she just recently had surgery. I think so because my friends were down here visiting me. Right. And I think that was yes. Uh, I didn't have any de- like I popped out of bed you would not know (laughs) you just went through brain surgery you wouldn't I know you looked so strong and you can just see the light in you that's what people say but I'm like and you know when they compliment me and they're like you're so strong you're so this you're so that I have to remind them no it's not me it's not me I choose to I choose to have joy but it's God that's putting that joy in me and giving me the strength Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes joy isn't the joy that people always think of either. Yeah. We can have joy in the struggle, which we are. Mm-hmm. We're having joy in the struggle. We're having joy through every everything the devil wants to throw at us. Mm-hmm. And every day is not a, every day is, you know, I don't always have a smile on my face. There are some hard times, which, I mean, that's why we. I think that's why we, we're a lot alike because we <laughs> deal with humor and sarcasm kind of helps during these times mm-hmm. where you can kind of just, if you didn't laugh at it, you'd be just like, I'd be miserable if I couldn't laugh at it. If I couldn't look and be like, well, that was a really dumb moment. Why did I think that? Or, Why <laughs> did I do that? And so, Oh, I think before I was going to say, well, my, when I was reading that thing from when I was, um, have I found my true identity or, you know, basically no, my purpose Mm -hmm. and so I feel like my God's purpose for my life now is to share him yes through my joy right through cancer Mm -hmm. and so I consider and I've heard several people's testimonies um including mine (laughs) yeah including yours you know every like a lot of people is that not even cancer struggle through struggle through like losses and other things um but one she said um I forget how she stated it but she's an she is a visible representation of an invisible god right and I just love that because that's what I'm that's what I choose to be Mm -hmm. um and then another one said she feels like she's carrying she lost her husband, um, and she said in a tragic way, and she said, so, "I can't remember exactly, but it like hit me. I was like, oh wow, that is amazing how she looks at that. Um, but she's carrying that burden with joy for God. Mm-hmm. So like, I choose to carry like I don't look at cancer and say, oh, it's a death sentence. No, I don't look at it as a death sentence. I don't. I don't like look at it like I'm not angry at God for it. Nope. I don't blame anybody for it. Nope. I'm choosing." cancer is a part of me now and I choose to accept it and I'm going to carry it and own it. Well, it's kind of like they say, like 
when you look at major situations that happen in life or in just in society alone and you're just like how can you look at the good of the situation of that it looks so horrible but but god mm-hmm. god can take the worst case scenarios and worst case situations and use it for his glory and that's what you're doing mm-hmm. yeah and i mean i choosing that joy yes and i know when i was first at home you know and i like I couldn't do much and I was just sitting outside and it's amazing like like you said um like what you take for granted what you used to care about um the grass even looked brighter right like it looked so much greener and I was just like and the birds and I was like sitting outside I was like how in the beautiful ocean we get to see all the time and I was almost searching well yeah I was searching in all the wrong places Mm -hmm. um to fulfill my happiness um and I was like, and I'm rarely, I feel like I should stop more and appreciate the things God has given me. I think we um, all should, though. Yes. And, and and he gave you an opportunity to actually see that. Mm-hmm. And then I had, I felt like I had two choices. You know, I had choice where I could just sit around mm-hmm. and be depressed and go down that way and blame God and do the blame game. Mm-hmm. Um, why did this happen to me and feel sorry for myself? Or I could just get up and and be strong and be brave and be courageous. But the thing is, you don't have to do that every day too. No. (laughs) That's why God gives (laughs) us grace. We can have our weak moments and and, and have our our moments where we need to realign that crown. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly it. That's why I tell my kids too and everybody else, like you can have a bad day. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, it's normal and you have to have it, but don't stay there. Mm -hmm. Don't linger there. So, I mean, I think that's a a great way to, like, see things. So, um, next time, our next episode on Sea Sisters, I will be actually talking about Colleen's story. My journey. (laughs) All right. Come hear more of our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Don't forget, even in the roughest waves, we know who calms the waters. We will see you next time on The Sea Sisters. Sisters.